I can I can afford to lose $25, okay? It's not the end-all, be-all, but I'm not looking at this point in my Vegas experience to be betting $25 a hand on fucking anything, okay? So I'm angry. I'm petrified. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to figure out how to cancel the bet. The timer's clicking down. I'm yelling at myself, going, how could you be so dumb, Tony? What an idiotic move. TJ leans over my shoulder and says, hey, maybe it'll hit. I wanted to punch him in the face. I was so angry at this point. I don't get it off in time. The clock rolls down. The ball starts rolling around the hoop, and I'm sitting there just fucking pissed off, holding my half-empty Bud Light. Who you betting on? Always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad, fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And today, we are talking about the Sweet 16 matchups in the NCAA tournament after what was a wonderful, a wonderful First uh, four days, round of 64, round of 32, a lot of fun happened. Me and Drew just got killed by taking Iowa in our final four. God damn it, the Big Ten sucks. Uh, We're going to talk about... NFL free agency for a little bit, uh, for a little bit at the top here, but we're going to focus mostly on the NCAA games. But I do have to say, boys, I am talking to you from the comfort of my own home after traveling to the nation's viper pit of Las Vegas, (laughs) and I successfully... I somehow successfully managed to gamble on every single game the first four days of the NCAA tournament, and I can live to tell about it. Boys, I did it. I did it. It was a wonderful experience. I can't believe I survived. That is a long slog, too. I think people just, you know, and I haven't been yet. I I unfortunately got derailed this year by, uh, you know, having a kid, which kind of takes precedence over going and betting uh, in Vegas, but... I think, you know, my sense is that, you know, I think you just think, oh, I'm going to go have a few beers and, you know, watch some basketball and bet. But it's four days. It's Dude, four it's days of buckets of Bud Light and stale cigarette smoke and casino noises and flashing lights. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to hear about this from you, Tony Squares, because I had to live vicariously through you this year. My wife says I can go next year. Won't happen, thanks. I said, I'll, I told her, I said, I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, let's talk about that next year <laughs> when we come around and see how that is, because I just I find that so hard to believe. But Tony Squares, you went. I had to live vicariously through you. So so what what did you make? Mo- I guess what our listeners want to know was, did you make money? Well, uh, a few things. First thing is my first bet of the night hit. Thank you, Peter Kiss, for hitting your point total. I got there just in time for your uh, uh, 16 seed play in game. And of course, I took that point total. I bought Peter Kiss hit that money. Um, and I will say I, I entered. So we watched it in the Treasure Island. Island Ballroom, which if you can imagine is a hundred banquet tables. Everyone fills these banquet tables. There's projection screens all around you. Everyone's rooting for this, that, or the other thing. Cheers at random sections because somebody's got the over, somebody's got the under. This it's, it's an awesome, awesome experience. And I was sitting there with a table full of uh, North, Carolina, North Carolinians and a bunch of people who are rooting for Virginia Tech. Pretty much the 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 hotbed of that East uh, uh, East football uh, East basketball over there, and I walked in, and the first thing I said when I met these gentlemen was, "Hey guys, 
best bet of the best bet of the weekend. UNC over Baylor in round two. Put it down right now. And oh boy, was that the game of the weekend when we finally got to Saturday morning and yours truly had a bunch of money on that UNC money line and had to sweat through the ending there. But my best story, gentlemen, Dangles, you asked if I made money. Dangles, my first night there. Me and TJ, uh, he's been on the show before, senior NBA analyst Thomas Jones Wortham. Me and him drove down together. I should say TJ drove, and I was just there for the ride. And we got there just in time for this uh, Wednesday night, 16-seed playing games. But the man who paid for our rooms at Treasure Island, our good friend Mario, was flying in from North Carolina and wasn't going to get there until about 12, 1230 at night. And so me and TJ, we wanted to take it easy Wednesday because, as you said, Dangles, we have a lot of work ahead of us the next couple of days. But we didn't want to be asleep by the time Mario got there. He paid for the rooms. We wanted to greet the guy, have a beer, have some fun on our first night in Vegas. So we're just looking to pass the time. We had a dinner. We watched some basketball. But around 9, 930, we decided to go to my favorite spot in a casino. That's the digital roulette table where you sit in front of almost a video poker screen And there's a roulette board in front of you that has an actual ball, so it's not like some fake uh, computer bullshit. And you just play easy roulette right in front of you. You don't got to deal with anybody. It's just a video screen in front of you. And the best part of it is because you can pass the time. It's only a $3 minimum to play each role. I could do that for hours just with free beers, Bud Lights getting brought over to me by the cocktail waitress. It's a wonderful time. So I put 30 bucks in. Again, not looking to make money, just looking to wait for Mario to get there. Putting 25 cents on black 13, putting 50 cents over here, putting a dollar on black, just simple, simple shit. Making some money, making, losing some money, having fun. I could tell. F- what was the ho- table min? A nickel? I was going to say, yeah, the, t- the minimum bet was $3. You got to add up the $3 at the end of it. So I'm just sitting there. and Nickel inside, nickel outside. Nickel inside, nickel. Okay. Grand, just, did you bring your. I'm just sitting there. Did you bring your change purse with you? Can I have. I just need five more cents. I just Listen, need Listen, we're going to be gambling later on in the weekend, grand. but I can't blow my load in night one before Mario even arrives. I'm wasting time at this point. No, no, of So course, I'm sitting course, there. It gets course. to be like 30, 45 minutes of later. Course. We're both kind of feeling it's time to move on and do something something else oh and i should say as you're putting your nickel bets out there the screen will flash red at you until you hit that three dollar mark saying you haven't reached your minimum bet yelling at you to make your minimum bet so i usually like 25 cents 50 cents until it adds up to three dollars so i'm sitting there i could tell it's time for us to leave so i put a a dollar on black i put 50 cents on the middle 12 and i put 25 cents on black 13 and suddenly the flashing red light of your minimum bet goes away. And I go, what What happened? That's a dollar. That's a buck 75 I put on. What do you mean my minimum bet's gone? I'm, I'm like sort of standing there aghast. TJ uh, looks over my shoulder and points immediately to the 25 cent bet on Black 13. And uh, I did not bet 25 cents. I bet $25 on Black 13. Now, I can I can afford to lose $25, okay? It's not the end-all, be-all. But I'm not looking at this point in my Vegas experience to be betting $25 a hand on fucking anything, okay? So I'm angry. I'm petrified. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to figure out how to cancel the bet. The timer's clicking down. I'm yelling at myself, going, how could you be so dumb, Tony? What an idiotic move. TJ leans over my shoulder and says, hey, maybe it'll hit. I wanted to punch him in the face. I was so angry at this point. I don't get it off in time. The clock rolls down. The ball starts rolling around the hoop, and I'm sitting there just fucking pissed off, holding my half-empty Bud Light, and what do you know? It hits black 13, 
and I wow. made nine hundred and eleven dollars on a goddamn mistake. <laughs> well, so wow. you just funded you funded your your March Madness trip on a mistake. Tony. I funded that's, that's, the that's, whole that's... entire trip. I was paying for dinners. I was paying for beers for the table. I was paying Mario as soon as he got there. I said, "Your weekend's on me." I paid for everything on a goddamn mistake. I love Vegas. Well. F you, Tony, because none of us got to go to Vegas, and uh, uh, I'm, ha- I'm I'm happy I'm happy for your success. I will say I think I said this the last couple of years when I'm watching this tournament. I want to speak on it very quickly. It always blows my mind, no matter where you are in your life, uh, how you feel about the quality of the product on the court. I'll speak to that in a sec. My team, Michigan, completely underwhelming this year. Disappointment. It is incredible. It is incredible that first Thursday when those games tip. It's like you're a kid again. You just yep. get sucked in yep. and you can't not watch it. And it sucks when you get older and you have responsibility and you have a job and you have a wife and you have kids as Dang's about to find out. It's like you feel almost embarrassed that you're watching that much basketball. Yep. It's the only time I feel like that. It cause in the cause the NFL happens on a Sunday. And you know, you know, at least like the ladies in our life and Tony, one day it'll happen for you too, I'm sure, pal. They know, like, hey, Sunday's a football day. It's what it's what we do. It's what we like to do. It's our passion. Like they can get pa- past it for four or five months of the year. But to My watch wife participates in football Sunday. Yeah, exactly. To watch basketball for twelve hours on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, it's it's kind of I get insecure about it. And I have <laughs> I have my own story. I have my own story very quickly. My daughter, Cammy, ten years old, participated in her first well, not her first but she was a soloist for the first time at a dance competition in Detroit. We stayed at a hotel in Auburn Hills, and she placed fourth out of 40. Very proud of her. Good job, Cam. Right. Um, but when the Michigan game came around uh, for that Saturday night, I looked at my wife. I said, hey, Jess, uh, I got to go. Um, I got to go. Um, <laughs> I got a seat time. I've been at- – I, I've been a dance from nine to about four thirty. I'll take the baby back, and I will, uh, you know, watch the game. She said, "Great, that that sounds good." What I didn't realize is, as a grown man that likes to watch the game and get animated, you guys have seen me. I'm a pacer. I'm a yeller. I'm a clapper. I see my encouragement means something to the players, the college kids on TV. What I didn't account for is my son was taking a nap the whole time. So here I am in a hotel room watching Michigan basically muted and cheering like a fucking mime. It was <laughs> painful. It was painful. I couldn't make a noise because we had this small hotel room. I couldn't get animated. I couldn't leave. I, you know, I'd be down on the bar if he had supervision. Can't leave. It was the most bizarre experience of my life. Michigan wins. We're on the Sweet 16. I love March Madness, man. It always sucks me back in every year. It's just, it is the best tournament in the world, bar none. And I'll go, I'll go to bat for that any day of the week. It's just the best. And, it's a good thing that it's exciting and that we get to see these upsets because the actual basketball on the court is horrendous. Ah, There's some bad games. Bad. It is. It's not. It's not great. I disagree. It's, it's not great. I totals. Disagree. Totals. Totals that just fun to watch though. Totals that uh, creep barely over 100 points. I would. I would agree with. I would side with Dangs. That is not a good product. Yeah, maybe I did have the over. You know, uh, at a at 136 that barely made 100 points. Um, and yeah, maybe I did have Wisconsin, who went two for eighteen from three. Terrible. Two for eighteen from threes in Milwaukee. And yeah, Tony, we had Iowa. We felt we got the wool of well, rice. I was going to say, yeah, you guys had Iowa. What do we know anyway? You picked the wrong Iowa. You both said Iowa State stinks. Who cares? Here they are in this. We did. Oh, the, the, that's why the, the term is uh, the best. To add on, the Iowa State, we said stunk. I said Michigan stunk. The Big Ten stinks. They had nine teams in this goddamn thing. Only two of them made the Sweet Sixteen. One of them, Michigan, didn't even deserve to be in the tournament. Big Ten's awful. I'm never oh. betting on them again. 
Can't wait to see it finished, though. But before we get to our bets, I do want to say we are primarily an NFL show, and we like to talk about the NFL all the time. And I, I, I would love to break down some of the free agency moves that have happened over the past few weeks because they have been a plenty. There has been chaos in the NFL streets with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. So many people moving, and that's just the quarterbacks. But we don't have the time right now to talk about NFL free agency. And there's still moves to be made with Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tyron Matthew, Jadavian Clowney, all this Stephon Gilmore. All these people still don't have a home for next year. And so we're going to collectively wait again for that uh, NFL free agency pod. And we did five shows on the QB rankings in February. We might have to do five shows on the free agency period in the NFL. That's how many moves there have been. That'll be coming after our Masters show. But I do want to say, just a bigger picture thing, and I'll go to Shea for the Sharp first. There has been such movement this year in particular that it has been very fun as an outside fan, but you as a fan of the NFL, are you okay with this being the new normal with people switching teams all the time? And just Russell Wilson, all these stalwarts are moving teams over and over again. It seems to be we're creeping more towards an NBA-style offseason where a guy like James Harden, one of the best players in the league, can play for seven different teams in seven different years. Do you enjoy what we've seen over the past uh, few months as an NFL fan, or are you kind of reminiscent of the days of old where only one of these moves would happen in the offseason and we talk about it for three straight months? What have your feelings been in the overall grand scheme of things in the this NFL free agency period. I may be wrong about this, Tony Squares. I think this offseason is more of an anomaly than anything. Uh, and I, I'm here for it. I love the traffic and the movement, especially the quarterback position. There's no more valuable position off sports than an NFL quarterback, and hence why these guys don't get traded uh, all the time because if you get a good one, you hang on to yeah. it. But if you actually break down why these guys moved, you know, the Deshaun Watson situation is 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 in itself a, a separate story. Russ Wilson was out the door. Uh, we have, I mean, Matt Ryan going to the Colts, went there because Carson Wentz going to hack it for the Colts, yep. and he went to the, the, the football team. So I just think there's a lot of guys, obviously, Ryan on a one-year like one year expiring. Same thing with Jimmy G, who's going to get uh, – he's going to move. And Dangle said in our text thread, I mean, the cap hit – I mean, what team has a $40 million – dead cap hit is okay with it a team a team that takes marcus mariota to be their starter and i'll be taking as the worst team of the league next year when those odds come out and a team that's gonna have like 120 million dollars in cap space that it can burn with this rebuild that's the kind of team that'll do that it's not a great cap hit but it's a terrible trade to do it it, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. Is. it is. It is. It I, is a terrible trade. I, I, I love I love this offseason. I can't wait to see all those guys in new uniforms at the quarterback position. We And we'll talk plenty about how loaded the AFC is. Mm. And it's probably the most loaded any conference has ever been in the history of the sport. Um, but I love it. And I don't think this is going to be if you're if you're kind of hinting towards the player empowerment uh, era, Tony, or if, if guys can kind of pick and choose where they want to go. I don't think that's what's going to happen in the NFL. I do think this year is more of an anomaly, and I think it's been fantastic. So, But to, to, to further answer your question, I wouldn't like it if it was a year-in-year-out thing. Well, but that's, that's... If you went back to the, if, if you went back to the, 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 the past of the NFL, there's no way. There, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. There's no way there could be this much movement in the quarterback position ever. Ever. I don't care. It just can't happen. I'm just a little worried that this could become the new normal because we even saw it with Kyler Murray in his third year in Arizona already wanting out. Lamar Jackson hasn't signed a new deal in Baltimore. Like, how long are Joe Burrow 
uh, 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 Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. How long are they going to be with the teams that drafted them before they say, I want to be like Russell Wilson and go win somewhere else? Dangle, same question to you, my friend. And maybe the addendum that Drew said, do you think this is the new norm for the NFL and are you a fan of it? Do you want to sort of have a quieter offseason every once in a while? I know your Patriots had a quiet offseason, but the rest of the NFL did not because we have fun talking about it in our text thread. But as a fan of the NFL... Is this what you want to see? I mean, it's exhausting. Like, I, I guess, I don't know. It's like, it's not that different from what we see in like normal society. Like we're talking about differences of millions of dollars, but you're seeing like the NFL is a business. Players want to go where they are going to feel valued, where they feel like they have an opportunity to grow and win and, and take on new responsibilities on the team and potentially lead and obviously make a ton of money in the process as well. But I think you see that in the everyday ranks of people, you know, looking for better opportunities, especially now during the pandemic. So it's not that different from what we see in everyday life outside of the fact that we're talking of, you know, differences of hundreds of millions of dollars sometimes I too am here for it and I too kind of tend to think this offseason is a little bit of the exception and and not the rule I think we I I do wonder how much of it I do I do wonder how much of it um, maybe has to do with the fact that we are at an end because we're talking a lot about you know quarterbacks here and there have been other players that move around but we're at the end of a quarterback generation right now you know you've got Matt Ryan you've got Aaron Rodgers who obviously didn't move but there was talk about him doing so Tom Brady coming back and forth Um, you've got this like Russell Wilson obviously going to Denver after his entire career in Seattle you've got this whole wave that like old guard of quarterbacks now that are kind of you know, in the twilight of their career, teams aren't going to be paying them a ton, a ton of money, unless you're Matt Ryan, to, <laughs> to show up and, uh, you know, sort of play with with that at that point in your career when they just don't know what your health level is and, and whether you can keep the stats up again, unless you're Tom Brady. So I wonder how much that plays into it. But, I, you know, unless you're Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, and they probably love it too, but their phones are just blowing up all the time. Like, it is a bit overwhelming, the amount of news that we're getting, but... I don't know. I've almost kind of yeah. been having fun with just this like greatest hits day after day. There's another club banger coming out. You know what I mean? A new deal to go. Who's who the fuck would sign this? Or you know, another guy going somewhere. You'd be like, what? what <laughs> how does this trade make? Like, there's been a lot to talk about. I can't. We we may we may need. I hope that we don't need five shows as the editor of this program. Um, but it is entirely possible <laughs> that there might need to be five shows. So, uh, I, I yeah, I, I tend to think it's kind of it, it, it won't necessarily. A- but is it so bad? I mean, if players are just bouncing around and going where the money is, is that so bad? Yes. I think it's a yes. Yeah. If it's this much every year, I think it's a yes. Just because I like to I like to root for Big Ben Roethlisberger in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. Phil Rivers. I'm fine with, you know, the Brett Favre, the final three years of their career. They're going to chase a ring somewhere else, the Tom Brady. But I'd like to see Je- uh, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I'd like to see Joe Burrow in Cincy. Uh, jo- I'd like to see that happen for 10 years and see what they can do while they're there because – the team becomes their a part of their legacy, a part of their personality. When they jump around, it's fun, but they don't. I don't know. Something's missing a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I will say, just to cap our NFL free agency talk, I need to talk about this because I'm not speaking in hyperbole here. For the past eight years, my favorite player in the NFL has been Devontae Adams. And the other day, my Green Bay Packers traded Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first and a second round pick. And uh, I'm fine with the the return. I think it's a nice return. He was a second-round pick himself. I'm not going to talk about that. I'll just say 
In my opinion, the man is the best wide receiver in all of football, and I am very sad to see the man leave. There has been no one to see him come up from a second-round pick when he's playing with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb to make himself not only a great wide receiver but the most dependable dude on the roster and in the NFL, an offensive weapon like no other. This man faced the best cornerbacks in the league over and over again. It was never ever shut down by them. Jalen Ramsey, Darius Slay, Patrick Peterson, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Stephon Gilmore. He ate every single one of them up. And to have a safety valve like that when you're a fan of a team, to know that no matter the situation, third and short, first and 10, uh, uh, second and long, didn't matter. Devontae Adams was going to produce. And to see him gone, a man who well, I, w- I would watch, I would watch game tape of his footwork, and I'd be crying like Chad Ochocinco was. The man was perfect in everything he did, perfect off the field and on the field. And it is just terrible to see him not in a Green Bay Packer uniform. Rob Domofsky came out. He's the NFL beat reporter for ESPN, covers the Packers, and he is definitely in the Packers' uh, back pocket. So this could be a story that Green Bay wants you to hear. But Rob Domofsky came out and said that Devontae Adams was offered the same amount of money in the same contract from Green Bay that he signed in Las Vegas. So it was not the money that Devontae signed for. It was not. He's not going to play for a better quarterback in Las Vegas. He's not going to play for a better offense in Las Vegas. He's not going to play, as Drew said, the AFC is so strong. He's not going to play for a better Super Bowl chance in Las Vegas. He's not going there for the showtime to be in the spotlight because if you follow Devontae, that's not in his personality. So the only thing I can assume... The reason that Devontae Adams left Green Bay is that some dudes just want to be lunch pail guys. Some dudes just want to go to work, get the job done, get and get out of there. Some people don't want to deal with the outside turmoil that is brought on by some people in the organization. And when Aaron Rodgers got butthurt about the Jordan Love draft pick, which is his right, he gets to he, he absolutely is in his right to get angry and start hemming and hawing. Well, maybe I want to be traded. Well, maybe I'm going to retire. Well, maybe I'll go uh, be the host of Jeopardy. Well, maybe I won't play for the Green Bay Packers, blah, blah, blah. For two off seasons straight, we've dealt with this bullshit. I'm not talking about the anti-vax stuff either. I'm just talking about football. I don't want to play for the Packers anymore. I am angry with the Packers. He is absolutely in his right, Aaron Rodgers, to make that decision and play the diva. But actions have consequences. And you can't tell me that Devontae Adams is no longer a wide receiver because Aaron Rodgers decided to be an asshole in the offseason. Some do just want to go and play football. So thanks, Aaron. You might be angry that Jordan Love got drafted, but that anger and their actions because of it cost you the best wide receiver in the NFL. And it really fucking hurts to see that man in another uniform. I'll always love him. Devontae will always have a place in my heart. And I'll be rooting for him in Las Vegas. I can't wait to see what happens. I I saw a tweet out there that said, this Devontae to the Raiders move, I don't think it's going to be like Randy Moss to the Patriots. I think it's going to be more like Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans. I think that is way off base. (laughs) I think Devontae Adams has a chance to give Derek Carr MVP votes next year. Very excited to see that offense with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro in tow. But that's it. Goodbye, Devontae. I will I mean, love you forever. I think I do think maybe I mean, you know, Occam's razor here. Simplest solution is, you know, is is maybe usually the right one. He just wants to go home. He's from Palo Alto. You know, he's going to going to going to Vegas, going going. I guess, you know, it's not in Oakland anymore. He wants to go back out west. 
I think you know, and he's also you know went to school at Fresno. Well, it's college. Went to school at Fresno State. Quarterback, yeah, yeah. Uh, again. and his college quarterback. You know, so that's I think that's part of it too for him. Um, also, Drew, Drew and I, I might have had inside information that he bought a house in Vegas back in the Super Bowl weekend. So we, <laughs> I kind of knew this was coming. It's kind of sad to see. Still. I didn't want to. Hey, I I, I don't want to bury the lead, but Tony Squares. I'll I, I won't I won't reveal uh, his source, which became uh, you know privy to my information. But Tony Squares calls me, says, "Can we?" Uh, figure out if there's free agent props where these free agents uh, will land. I said they usually typically aren't up. That's obviously a very easy thing to figure out. And most books offer, you know, minimal uh, wager, uh, minimal limits, if any. There wasn't any available. And he said, Tony Square said, I've heard from a reliable source that Devontae Adams will be a Las Vegas Raider uh, next year. And when that happened, I got to admit, Tony Squares had a little smile on my face, tip my cap to you, my man. Uh, well done, and uh, I'm thrilled. By the way, as a Lions fan, I'm fucking thrilled. See you, Devontae. <laughs> Go in Vegas, buddy. Yeah. So, good. Absolutely. Good we 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 are a worse team today than we were yesterday because of that trade, and that sucks to see. He's the best wide receiver in all the land. But that's it for NFL talk. That's it for all my Vegas spiel. Thank you again, TJ, for being there. I'm definitely going to tell this story at least a hundred more times before one of us passes away. You're going to hate to hear it every time I say it. But that's it for the show. Let's, or not for the show, for the segment. Let's move on after this break to some Sweet 16 NCAA bets. That's coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. All right, boys, the last show we did on the NCAA, we each gave out five, uh, four bets. We actually gave, each gave out an extra bet, so five bets for the opening round. And I have to say, we did not do our best. I had the best record on the show with a 3-2 and two record, but I will say, at the end of the show, we calculated all of our brackets. We made all that, all the bets we made. And I gave out some futures based on our brackets for, for the listeners and ourselves to take. And two of them have already hit. Okay, the first one seed eliminated Baylor at plus 175. You can cash that ticket. The second one we gave out is the six seeds. The six seeds in the tournament to have under two and a half wins. Texas got a win. And that under hit at minus 105. And the third future, which is still very much in play, with a final four seeds to add up to under 10.5 total seedings. We're mm. right there. The only thing that scares us is uh, uh, Kansas, Providence, Miami, and Iowa State. If Miami or Iowa State make the final four, we lose that bet. If Providence makes it, we might lose that bet. But if Kansas makes it, I think we're okay. We're right there. St. Peter's would just take that it bet out by itself. St. <laughs> Peter's, you <laughs> assholes. Uh, listen, 
Kentucky minus 17 was the worst bet I made all weekend long. That was did that you guys, was awful. Did you guys see? I went. I went and that was shame for the show. I went and I went and looked, and I, I saw. I, I followed this up because I think I saw an Instagram reel of someone's TikTok of this, but like some dude just going through the Google view of this school. It's just a street in Jersey City. Yeah. There's like academic building here, some dude's house across the street, medical facility next door. Oh, there's the chapel. It's just like I don't wow. even know how you would tell it from the rest of uh, the rest of that Jersey City area. It's it's awesome. It's fun. It's fun to watch. This is why this is why we march. And and sorry, Drew, about your Kentucky Wildcats. I know you were pretty high on them here uh, in this tournament. Yeah, that's fine. Hey. <laughs> If you're going to miss, miss, go out in flames, okay? Just go out in flames. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. I will say who had the best record on the weekend was actually Gaming Society. I've been doing videos for them every day in the men's. Uh, me, myself, and Sidney Colson have been doing videos for them every day in the men's and women's tournaments, giving out a bet every day that you can win free prizes on if you take and hit, and it's free to play, free to take these bets. We went 4-1 and one over the five-day stretch, and we gave out four days' worth of prizes, and we're doing it again this week. Uh, I'm going to give you a little preview of what the Thursday bet is when we get to that game and our bets of the day for the Sweet 16, but very excited. Follow the GamingSociety.com, GamingSociety.com, on all your social, social channels so you can see this face making really corny jokes about the NCAA tournament. But let us not digress anymore. We're giving out three Sweet 16 bets and a future at the end. Dangles, we're going to start with you. What's your first bet for the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament? I'm going to go to the Providence-Kansas game, and I am going to take Providence covering at seven and a half. All they do is play close games against top 25 teams. They've got losses of two and five to uh, then 11 seed Nova. They won by two against 22 seed Marquette uh, and they beat 21 uh, seed Xavier as well. I'm a little worried about the potential for them to lay an egg like they did in the Big East semifinal against Creighton where they lost by 27. And also the fact that their path to this point has been through the 13 seed South Dakota State Jackrabbits and then the 12 seed Richmond Spiders. But ultimately, I think this kind of comes down. This is a heart game for Providence. A lot of people had this team losing in one of those first two rounds yep. to lower seeded teams. And I think that drives you. I think that kind of makes you like that. May, even if you're not the underdog seeding wise, it kind of makes you feel like the underdog if, if everybody's picking the Cinderella to beat you. So I'm taking Providence to cover the points here against the Kansas team that only got away by seven against that Creighton team. They are very, very good. Anytime Kansas is playing in the tournament, you can't count them out, but they can be streaky. Uh, and I think this is an opportunity for Providence to make a little bit of that luck that people have been talking about all their season go their way in a, a matchup that I think is good for them. Dangles, I, I'm I'm going to jump Drew because I'm right there with you. Providence plus seven and a half is absolutely my first bet for Sweet 16 weekend because this team made me so much money when I was in Vegas. <laughs> Listen, they, they were not big favorites against South Dakota or Richmond, and I was blown away by it. I think this team is really, really good and deserving of a four seed. Now, can they beat Kansas? I'm not sure. But I think 7.5 is a pretty big point total, and we've seen plenty of these games. Even if the team's down 10, they hit a couple of buckets late in a free throw contest, and suddenly they cover that 7.5 when Kansas throws the backups in and stops trying. I'm in on Providence plus 7.5. I think this number is far too big, and I might be talking about this team a little bit later. But, Drew, what's your first bet of the Sweet 16? Guys, I'm going to Miss Cinderella herself and the glass St. slipper, St. Peter's. No, 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 no. St. Peter's and Purdue. Let's look at this game, shall we? Obviously, everyone knows. Uh, yeah, Kentucky didn't cover 18 points. Sorry, uh, listeners. Uh, my bad. Um, but, but this St. Peter's team, uh, they can score a little bit. And this Purdue team, they are big. 12 and a half point spread. 
And Purdue, I think St. Peter's tallest guy is 6'8". Uh, Purdue's got two, a 6'10 guy, a 7'4 guy in the rotation, uh, Zach Eady, not to mention Jay Nivey, who's a potential Unreal. top five pick in, in the country. And when I see this game, real quick, Purdue, they shot 79 free throws in two games. They shot 79 free throws in two games. So when I'm looking at a 12-and-a-half-point spread against the St. Peter's team that really their only shot is to run and try to get open threes on the perimeter, our boy Doug, the, the darling of the tournament, Doug yeah, Stash, the future or whatever. valet attendant, yeah. and Correct. And I also think that Doug you know, when – when they get when they get that ball in the block, the Boilermakers, they're going to have to foul. This is a fan base, Tony, after trashing the Big Ten, uh, the most passionate fan base in all the land. Purdue wants to get to the Final Four. Uh, they've never been. They are starving for it. Painter needs to do something. That bracket's wide open. I don't think they're going to take this game lightly. So that leads me to the over, 135.5. I'm taking the over. You can't not take an over. That for a team that's averaged 40 free throws a game. <laughs> and St. Peter's has to run to keep up. I love this bet. Give me the over 135. That game's going to be a lot of fun to watch because you can't count St. Peter's out there. They're a fun team to root yeah. for, man. And yeah, you said, I mean, they, they might have a guy that's 6'8, but I guarantee you he has a club foot or something because there are no athletes <laughs> on that St. Peter's team. It is unbelievable that they're still in the tournament. I still can't believe they beat Kentucky. John Calipari, it, you're terrible. It's unbelievable. Dangles. Second bet of the Sweet 16. All right, second bet. I'm going to uh, Gonzaga and Arkansas, and I'm going to take the under in this game, guys. Ooh. It's at one. This total is 155 right now. I kind of see that as a little bit inflated based on how Gonzaga plays. And, the, yeah, they can put 80 up on the board. Sure, that's and that's great, and they will, and that's, you know, from time to time, and that's fine. But if you watched that game against Memphis where they were down, I think it was by 10 at the half, they're down 10 to Memphis in that game. What do they do in the second half? They slowed the pace of the game down. They owned the control of the game. They limited Memphis's ability to have possessions. They, they shifted down things down a gear, and they were able to win their way back into that game and ultimately walk away with the victory. I think you're going to see that again here. Arkansas is a solid defensive team. They have good guard play on the perimeter. Um, um, I, I think that you know both of these... The, obviously, Gonzaga is a very good defensive rebounding team. I just... I see a low-scoring game here between these two teams. I see a lot of missed shots and defensive rebounds. I'm taking under 155, which I think is a big number, even in this game with Gonzaga. Dangles, do you have the final score of that Memphis-Gonzaga game in front of you? Because I bet that same under in Memphis-Gonzaga was under 154. And as you said, that first half ended. It was 41-31 to 31 Memphis. That adds up to 72. You're looking to get 77-78 a half if you want to hit a 154-155 over. And I was very happy with a 72 point first half Memphis in the lead I thought the same thing I was golden it was the last bet I placed <laughs> and got to watch in person and Dangles they damn near scored 100 points each in the second <laughs> half and I lost that by a mile so Dangles that under is high and I'm with you there I think it leans under as well but you are never safe with the Gonzaga under <laughs> I just want to let you know now you're never safe I can speak from personal experience Drew I'm jumping. I'm, I want to jump you, Tony, because my second bet will be on that game, and I'm gonna lay. I'm gonna lay the wood here on the Zags at minus mm. nine and a half. I mean, Ooh. there was not a better game in the tournament that I didn't watch because uh, it was e back in the fucking East Coast. It was like one o'clock in the morning when that game was finishing up. But 
Uh, Zaga and Memphis, man, what a battle. And Zaga really got the test that they wanted. If you watch the Zaga team over the years, you know, you got to remember, guys, they play in the West Coast yep. Conference. They sleepwalk and win yep. by 30 most of the regular season. So sometimes, and, 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 and the only two schools to make the Sweet 16 five consecutive tournaments played, Gonzaga and Michigan. But this is a team where, obviously, Timmy just kind of willed themselves to win. They have Chet. Um, I was so disgusted by watching Arkansas for, for God, both their first round games. So I mean, much. They scored 53 points uh, against the New Mexico State team. They they, they got past the the, the tournament darling Vermont. Hey, Vermont but covered, baby. I, again, Vermont made me this, money. This is a team that lives and, dies, lives and dies by the three, Arkansas. And even if they have a decent shooting night, guys, I still think Gonzaga can cover this number. If they don't have a decent shooting night, I think this is – uh, taillights at halftime. Gonzaga cruises. I'm laying the wood here. I think Gonzaga really flexes their muscle for potential regional showdown with maybe Coach K's last game or the Texas Tech winner, which should be an absolute battle. So give me the Zags. I'm going to take him at nine and a half. I like a double-digit victory. That's my second bet. My second bet is the game uh, Drew just mentioned there. It's Texas Tech and Duke. Uh, listen, I've 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 bought in. I know it's Coach K's last year. I know Jim Nance mentioned it 72 times during the broadcast, and I have bought in. I like Texas Tech a lot. They're minus one on the line. Duke is the two seed. Texas Tech the three seed. This is what we wanted when the brackets were released, and this is what we are getting. And I'm buying Duke, man. I love this Mark Williams center. I love Paolo Benchero uh, slicing in off the wing. I think this game is going to be very close. I love that the spread's that close. So all you got to do is pick a winner. I picked him in my bracket everywhere I put him, and I'm picking him again. Give me Coach K making the Elite Eight. I'm taking Duke plus one. I can't wait to see it happen. And God, I hope it does. I want the storyline to continue. That's my second bet for the Sweet 16. I heard this uh, today, guys, and it blew my mind because obviously I, I think we can all speak. The officiating also in this tournament dangles, piss poor, piss poor. Oh, um, yeah. It's been very, bad. Very, and they'll be leaning towards Duke. The technical be on, not only technical be leaning on towards the dunk Duke, on, that Illinois, on that Illinois kid was, yeah. was un, un, unacceptable. Well, and, and, and Iowa was a swing and a miss, but Iowa did also have a three-point shooter who was a good three-point shooter, uh, Keegan Murray. Airball a three, and on replay, oh, I wonder if the guy's slapping his elbow. Does he just shoot an open three, four feet short? What is going on? <laughs> anyway, Coach K, 99 tournament wins to date 99 do you think the ncaa wants him to get 100 yes oh yeah do, do, do you think oh, if yeah. it's close any 50 50 balls 50 50 whistles they're gonna give it to coach k yes i i was looking to bet oh, yeah. texas take te texas tech here tony i like this duke pick because i can't believe coach k is on 99 i think if there's any any close margin calls it's going to duke's way we'll see it's gonna be a good game listen if we get uh, the NCAA, the, the ratings have been released. If you follow the the variety world, uh, the ratings are so high for this NCAA tournament, and the NCAA wants to keep those numbers high. There's not going to be a, a more watched matchup in this weekend than Duke Gonzaga Elite Eight. That's what the NCAA wants, and I think that's what we're all going to get. Duke plus one is the second bet. Dangles back up the Brinks truck. The final bet of the Sweet Sixteen. What do you got for us, buddy? Well, let's make it a beer bet. I'm not going anywhere from that game. I'm staying there, and I'm riding with Texas Tech at Woo! minus one. I'm taking the spread because the price is better on the spread. It's minus 115 for the money line if you want Texas Tech. So go with the spread here uh, at minus one. 
Uh, I think the ref thing is going to work in the exact opposite direction. I think there's been so much talk about it on social media that they are they know they're under the spotlight and they are going to be trying to officiate as cleanly as possible this weekend. Um, so I think that goes in the exact opposite direction. And as far as this game goes, guys, Duke has been living on the edge here to close out this season and to start the tourney pretty much every single day, game. They were down with five with five minutes to go against Michigan State in the last round. They, of course, convincingly won over Cal State Covered. Fullerton. Congrats for winning a game you're supposed to looking at you, Calipari. But the blowout loss in the ACC tournament against uh, uh, you also had that against Virginia Tech, which looked lost in its second or in the second half of its game against Texas when it lost its lead right before halftime on like a half court shot, which is just incredibly demoralizing. Uh, and then they beat Miami only by four in the semis, and they were tied with Syracuse with three minutes to go in the quarters of the ACC tournament. So Without I just Buddy see Bayheim. this. I just see this without Buddy Beheim. So I just see this team as as in a position to lose. I don't think Duke has seen a defense as good as Texas Tech's at all this season. Yes, they're bigger, but I think the way Texas Tech plays on the boards and the way their defense plays bigger than they are is going to help. It, uh, is going to make it hard for Banchero and their seven footer, whatever his name is, to get easy looks underneath. And guys, how about this tournament darling from last year, Kevin O'Banner, who formerly of Oral Roberts, now on Texas Tech, five career tournament games five career double-doubles. This guy is a machine down there. He plays bigger than he is. He's going to make it difficult for those Duke bigs. I love Texas Tech in this game to go on to the Elite Eight at minus one from minus 110. Again, Dangles, I, I don't want to bring up uh, your past losses here from last weekend, but uh, you also took Michigan State minus one, and you said the same thing. The odds are better uh, for Michigan State minus one than the money line. Michigan State won that game by one point. Wow. So there's what I said. Did I hit my you bet could... or did I not hit my bet? The no, bet you hit. pushed. You pushed. You pushed. You didn't hit the bet. If you took the money line at the worst odds, you would have hit the bet, but you took minus one, you pushed. So I just want to say. only uh, minus one? Oh, yeah, yeah, I just want to say. Uh, Market yellow, Dex. Market yellow. <laughs> I'll go next because I am uh, flabbergasted. I am flummoxed. I am surprised. I am uh, amazed that this line is available on DraftKings right now. This is my backup, the Bringstruck lock, and it's the strongest I've felt about a bet in a long, long time on this show. And I'm not just trying to say that so you can make the bet on our friends at DraftKings, but you damn well should because we're taking money from DraftKings with this, with this bet. Drew Timmy has 20, uh, 32 points in the first round game and 25 points against Memphis. After they were down 10 points at halftime, Drew Timmy said to his boys, let's go just play our hearts out and win this game. He scored 11 points in a row to start off the second half and had 21 of his 25 in that second half to beat Memphis. And his point total on DraftKings right now against Providence, who is a smaller team, is 19 and a half. 19 and a half at minus 115. That is a stone cold lock. Drew said they might be able to beat this Providence team. He took a minus nine and a half. Maybe Drew Timmy doesn't play, uh, only plays 10 minutes in that second half. I don't care. I'm taking Drew Timmy because they are putting it on his shoulders and he will produce. Chet Holmgren had only nine points in that Memphis game. That Nimhart kid can shoot the three, but they don't look to him to, to initiate the offense. They run everything through Drew Timmy, and he's going to be able to get buckets in this game, especially from the foul line. 19 and a half is an amazing number to get. I'm taking Drew Timmy 
back up the Brinks truck over 19 and a half. And this is coming to you. The voice you're hearing right now is the same voice of a man who is 2-0 in player props in the NCAA tournament. Very excited to do this one again. 19 and a half points for Drew Timmy. And if you watch the Gaming Society socials on Thursday, you might be hearing this bet again on the video Sydney and I do because that's how excited I am about this bet. Schaefer the Sharp, close us out. Back up the Brinks truck for the Sweet 16. I like that lean tone. Um, I'd be more apt to fire on that, but I did take a player prop. After heading a couple successful ones, I took a player prop uh, in the Michigan game against Tennessee that resulted in that player scoring zero points. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little gun shy about player props right now. Um, but my backup, the Brinks truck bet, I'm going to stay right in your guys's backyard uh, in Los Angeles. I'm going to the University of California in Los Angeles, and I'm taking game of the weekend. And I'm taking the Bruins here, boys. And to me, you know, everyone obviously has has read and seen and, and and digested what the hell that Carolina fallout was. Again, I don't know what that was. It didn't look like basketball. Um, it looked it looked it was bizarre. And the fact that they it was won, the fact they won that game in overtime is a miracle in itself. And you know, and 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 the thing is, listen, they've had five days off. I'm sure they're going to say all the right things like, oh, we're not thinking about that. It's Carolina. It's the brand. They've won countless national championships. I'm not going to say they're happy to be in the Sweet 16, but I got to wonder. I got to wonder if there's much gas in the tank after that. I don't care how many I, I, I don't care how many days they have off. I mean, this UCLA team is seasoned. They have. And, and all, by the way, Mick Cronin and receiver Davis might be the coaching mismatch of this whole round guys. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you, UCLA, UCLA went in, took care of Akron. Um, and they, you know, they, they took care of a St. Mary's team that a lot of people had them through against UCLA, uh, after beating Gonzaga in the, in the, in the West coast, uh, conference. So give me the Bruins and I'm going to do the opposite of our friend dangles. I'm taking the money line, pay your taxes. It's filing season. I'm taking UCLA minus one thirty to win because I don't want a two and a half point spread in college basketball because I don't want to be up five and hit a pointless three point at the buzzer and lose my money. So I'm taking the Bruins minus 130 on the money line. Back up the brakes truck. Love it. Love it. Let's go into future land again. We we're, we've already hit two of the three futures we gave out in our in our opening round show. Let's do it again. Dangles, I'll go first because I kind of gave it away. Uh, some of these numbers are odd. You know, you're not going to get good value anywhere, especially if you try to predict who's going to make the final four, but one of them jumped out to me. In that Kansas bracket, Kansas, Providence, Miami, and Iowa State. Listen, you can throw the seeds out the door. Kansas is still clearly the favorite, but when it comes to Miami and Iowa State, you can't call them a 10-11 seed anymore. They made the Sweet 16. They deserve to be there, especially that Miami team. But if you look at Providence, at plus 600 to make the final four, out of that division. They got to beat Kansas where they're plus 260 on the money line in that game. And then they play a Miami or an Iowa State, which they will be favored again against in that game. And I don't know if they can beat Kansas, but if you're going to give me plus 600 to get the favorite in the Elite Eight matchup, I think I'm going to take it. So Providence to make the Final Four at plus 600 is my future to give out on this show. Get by Kansas and you have a huge value ticket in that bet. The problem is you got to get by Kansas, but that's the only real future that I, I, I saw true value in, and I'm rooting for Providence to make the Final Four. Dangles, what's your future? 
Well, I'm in a similar boat, Tony, but I mean, I, I, I kind of like, you know, I, I was looking at that same thing, and Arizona's plus 145 to get to the final four. Uh, the only other one seed that you can get that number with is Kansas at minus 190. You can get Purdue at minus 125. They're not a one seed. Um, they're a three seed, but I'd lean UCLA at plus 220 if you're going to take anybody in that region. I don't trust Purdue tourney teams, and UCLA looks every bit as good as I'd hope they would, and I think as long as... Um, uh, what's his name? Jaime Jaquez can walk, and I think Mick Cronin has said as much. As long as he can walk, he's going to play in this game. Obviously, him being there is a big help for the Bruins. Arizona's picked by the second most people on ESPN's bracket challenge to go to the Final Four. Second most people to be in the natty. They're a big team, efficient shooting from the floor, good from beyond the arc, okay on defense, and I think they're hard to stop if they get going. They do obviously have to get through Villanova, assuming they beat Houston, and Houston's no uh, cakewalk either, but they're big and they're long, and I love the matchup against Villanova which is not a very big team if they can get that far. Uh, so I like Arizona for a little more security, and you're still in plus money there at plus 145 as my future to win their region. Arizona to make the Final Four. I think that number is uh, conflated because of how close the TCU game was, but I do think Arizona is the best team in that region, Dangles. And, hey, if you're going to get plus money, I ain't going to argue against it. Shape mm-hmm. of the Sharp, what do you got for your uh, future for the Sweet 16? I'm going to do a Shape for the Sharp little – uh, trick, boys. If you don't think I'm betting the Michigan money line, you're higher than a giraffe's ass, okay? I am betting the Michigan money line against Villanova. Uh, am I confident of this? Particularly not. Um, I will say we're it's the best basketball program in the country, minus Gonzaga, being the Final Four five straight running seasons. However, I think Villanova is very good, and uh, Villanova uh, kicked our ass in the 2018 National Championship after winning the 2016 National Championship. And Colin Gillespie is one of the best, not only point guards in the country, but he's a leader. And Jay Wright's one of the best coaches in the country. So I look at that South region. It's another big uh, coaching mismatch, by the way, but we won't talk oh, about no, Juwan no, no, Howard. No. Oh, we're not going to. No, that's, that's incorrect, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, I will say, Dangs, when you talked about that Zona game, I think that Zona Houston game is going to be an absolute war. An absolute war, physically, uh, mentally. And if. Nova can get past the Wolverines if, which I will have a money money line bet on Michigan. I think Nova is very live to get to the Final Four, and then anything can happen. So I'm going to take a Schaefer the Sharp long shot. I'm going Nova National Championship future at 14-1 to with on the premise of if they get to the Final Four, then we can start talking about potential hedges, potential all that good stuff. But I think 14-1 to to win the National Championship when I do think and I, I don't disagree with your play there, Dangs, on Zona. I just think that Zona-Houston team is going to be – the winner of that game is going to be so beat up that I think yeah, the winner – Yeah, and I just lean, I just lean towards Zona. I lean towards totally. Zona in that game, and I think that's uh, – and I, you know, and I mean, beat up or not, they're still going to have some time Kelvin to get Sampson, over. You know what I mean? yeah, They're going to have some time to rest up. A, 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 a day. So I, 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 like, I like the winner of Michigan Nova slightly over the winner of Zona-Houston. Gives me, gives me the edge. 14-1 to 1 with Jay Wright. Con Gillespie, I like it. So, give me the give me the Nova Wildcats at fourteen to one to win the national championship. And again, if they get to the final four, we'll make some money. That's a guarantee. Can't wait. We'll be doing the final four and the national championship show next week, and then the week after that, it's time to put our golf spikes on. We're going to Augusta and the Masters. I cannot wait for the Masters show, and then after that, 
It's all about NFL free agency and the NFL draft, a mock draft, doing all that stuff, how to bet the draft. Maybe we'll get a few friends on the podcast again, talk about how we can make money in the NFL draft. Can't wait for the next few weeks of the West Coast Gamblers, but that's it for today's show. For Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, for Shaper the Sharp, Drew Shaper Crookston, my name is Tony Cavallo, and we are the West Coast Gamblers. And as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.